Hi, my name is Ethan Flores, and I'm a hairdresser from Chicago, Illinois, and this is Shifted, a hairdresser's perspective. So I've been in the hair industry for 12 years, and my main goal is to shift the narrative of hairdressers to unlock their potential and new and experienced hairdressers so they can create an environment where they can grow, be fulfilled, and most importantly, be profitable. This episode is going to be about where your habits come from and how long have you been doing things that someone had told you to do at the beginning of your career or habits you might have picked up along the way. Um, one of the things that I kind of get stuck on and like a mantra that I've been saying to myself for the past 12 years is I'll work every Saturday for the rest of my life. And I don't necessarily think that that's going to be true for the rest of forever. I think that, um, you know, through some different scheduling and trying to manage your schedule around the schedule that you want, it's completely possible to take off Saturdays and work, you know, however much you want or shift your career into something more that you want it to look like. Or are you charging a la carte? So are you charging for a haircut? Are you charging for a toner? Are you charging for a highlight? Or are you shifting that perspective and doing something like an hourly rate where if someone comes in and they book an hour of your time, if, if your highlights take you two hours, if they take you three hours, are you charging $75 an hour? Are you charging $100 an hour? Are you charging $150 an hour? Um, and all of those things just kind of start to compile. It's, we started charging a la carte when we were, you know, starting in beauty school. And that's just kind of the way things have always been. And I'm assuming that you went to your first salon and then there was some sort of a mentor there. If it wasn't an official mentor, there was someone who, you know, probably took you under your wing and you started adapting some of their habits, um, good, bad, and everything in between. Um, and things like discounting your services. You know, why do we choose to discount our services? Uh, does, you know, one of your family members come in, your cousin, a longtime friend? Why do we choose to discount certain people and not discount the others? And at the end of the day, are we discounting everyone on all of our services? Do we feel bad if they've been a client for years and years and years and you feel like they're, they're loyal, so they deserve to get discounted? Um one of the things that um, I do to counteract that is the, the mantra that I have is it's either free or it's full price. Um, and, and the idea behind it is if I'm giving away something for free, what am I gaining in return? Are these people going to go out and promote me on Instagram? Are they going to go out and promote me in their daily life? Are they going to tell strangers at the supermarket or, you know, Target, whatever, um, about me and hand out my business cards and things like that? Um, will they yield me return? And it, it's okay to think about hairdressing as a business, you know, like I know that we're all creatives and I know that, you know, we, we want to help people and we care for people. But at the end of the day, um, we have to pay our bills and we have to make sure that the life that we're living is going to be a sustainable one in the future. Um, and another thing that always comes up is uh, a lot of the salons that I worked at, especially starting out um, in the area that I started out is double booking was a mandatory thing. So you were doing, you know, your base touch-ups and then instantly your next person comes in and you start doing base touch-ups again. And then after that base touch-up's done, you start on the blow-dry. 
and then your next person comes in and the cycle goes around and around. And then if you're lucky, after you're booked, you know, 100%, you know, you schedule yourself a 15 minute break or you find an assistant to, to do a blow dry for you or, you, you, you know, you do this and you do that. And I just found that it wasn't sustainable for me. Um, so my, my main goal with this, this podcast, I guess, is, is to kind of shift the perspective and you don't always have to do what you've always done. And because you learned it before, because people were successful in doing it um, prior to you, it might not be authentic to you. So I'm not saying that you, you can't double book or you shouldn't double book or you shouldn't charge a la carte or you shouldn't work on Saturdays or you shouldn't discount your services. Although I think that one would be maybe a little bit more of a hard line in the sand for me um, just for financial reasons. But you have to find things that work for you and you have to find things that are authentic to you. And one of the hardest things that I had to, to get over in this career was trying to be someone who I wasn't. And I would look at other hairdressers and I would look at what they were doing and I would think to myself, like, I can never be like that. You know, I'm not that outgoing. I'm not that outspoken. I don't have whatever whatever special sauce that they might have. Um, and then over the years, I kind of learned a couple things here and there and figured out what I didn't want to be. And what I didn't want to be was a compilation of all the things that I've been taught over the years and all the things that were kind of building up to this moment. So with that being said, let's move into the salon aspect. What are you as salon owners doing? Are you making your employees sign non-competes? Are you restricting your stylists? Are you offering them incentives to stay? So the... I've worked in a few different hair salons and I've worked commission and I've worked uh, rental and things like that. And I think it just all comes down to why, why are these people working for you and what incentives are you giving them to stay? Because it's not their responsibility to stay with you. It's your responsibility to keep these people. So if you're not incentivizing these people and you're not making them excited to come in and work for you, then why should they stay? And a non-compete isn't going to to keep them there. You know, it, it might make you feel secure. It might make you feel safe. But at the end of the day, if people want to leave, they're going to leave. And if you go over, you know, go after them with legal ramifications and all the things um, that we've, we've heard in those stories before, what is it going to do? And how is that going to affect your staff? Is it going to make those people that stay want to stay even more? Will it make them trust you even more i think trust is kind of earned on both sides and when you hire someone on you have to trust that they they want to be there for the right reasons and it's kind of your job to feel out if those people are there for the right reasons if they're a good fit for your salon because it at the end of the day it is your salon and you can choose who or who does not work there um and one of the things that i, I really like to do is if you're if you're a salon owner, if you're a salon manager, um, to reach out to those people and keep open forms of communication. Like, what do these people need? What are they looking for? Um, and if they need or want change, give them an opportunity to come up with solutions for you and be open to those solutions. It doesn't mean you have to change 
your mission statement or your business plan whatsoever, but you're giving people opportunities to have skin in the game to where they feel responsible for their own business. Because yes, you are the salon owner and yes, you have financial responsibilities and yes, you have reputation responsibilities and all that. But as stylists, we have our own businesses as well. We, we take to heart, you know, what our clients say to us, what kind of feedback we're getting um, and, and everything like that. So are you restricting your stylists? And you have to give them the freedom to do what they want. Um, I, I wouldn't say that it's a mandatory thing for your stylist to work five days a week or six days a week. You have the power to, to kind of coach them into what that looks like. So if they do want to work three days a week, is that something that your salon wants or is it not? You know, and you can kind of tailor it that way. But giving people an opportunity to kind of come and go as they please. And as long as they're good workers, they're showing up on time, they're, you know, doing quality work, you can coach that out of them. And I think once you get to know your staff and your stylists, that'll come a little bit more naturally. And then that'll build up trust and reputation between you and your stylist and each and every stylist. And try not to to favor one or the other, like work with each and every one of them to kind of figure out what they want and what they need. So with all that being said, what happens when you start questioning the facts that you think that are true? So I had mentioned this to one of our receptionists on last Saturday. And I said, you know, working Saturdays, you know, it's not so bad. And like, I don't, I don't mind working Saturdays. I actually enjoy going in on Saturday. Um, but she was talking about working on Saturdays and she's like, well, why do we always have to do it? I'm like, well, we don't always have to do it. It's not a mandatory thing. And she's like, well, you guys wouldn't make any money if you don't work on Saturdays. And I kind of broke it down to her. I'm like, do you, do you know that? Are you, are you sure that you know that? Because there's a perception that Saturday is going to be the busiest day for any stylist. But it's only the busiest day because we build it up to be the busiest day. If we build up Monday to be the busiest day, then Monday would be the busiest day. And it might work in some areas. It might not work in some other areas. And it might work with your clientele, but it might not work with somebody else's clientele. But the only way that we can truly figure out whether or not Saturday is our busiest day is if we keep track. You know, and are we building our Saturdays up to be the busiest days? Are we trying to pre-book our clients on Saturdays because they have more availability on Saturdays? Or are we driving all that business towards Saturday? Do we have extra time on Monday? Do we Can we shift our, our hours on Monday to kind of fit that mold? And one of the salons that I truly admire up in Grand Rapids, Michigan, is called E&L Salon. Um, they had just posted on their Instagram that they're no longer taking clients on Saturday. That means their salon is closed on Saturday for their employees so they can have times with their family or be able to get out of town or spend time with their friends and things like that. And I thought it was such a powerful thing. I thought it was you know, going, going against the grain of that we always have to work on Saturdays. So once we start tracking these certain things that we thought that were true, like, oh, I'll only make money if I charge a la carte, or I'll only make money if I start double booking, or I really need to discount my services because discounting my services is going to help me gain more clients and things like that. But once we start tracking them, we'll come up with a, a few different things and you'll either find them to be false you'll find them to not be as true as you thought they were, or 
you can validate your feelings and then you can continue on in that path. But the point of it is, is if, if you want to shift, you can make the shift and you can do something else because all of these choices are yours and how you build your life is completely up to you. And it's not dictated by your boss or your clients. You'll be able to find a salon that will give you some freedom. And if you can't, then create your own. We live in this very unique time where booth rental and things of that nature, booth rental and room rental and salon suites, they're predominantly what people are doing in the industry now. So if you can't find something that fits you that way, then create it yourself. Um, Yes, it might take a little bit more work and it might be a little bit scary at first, but work towards it and work towards the life that you want to build because that's how we're going to stay happy within our own career. Thank you.